everybody. This is Kimberly. And this is Katie. And you're listening to A Date with Dateline. Tonight we have a very special double mank in a row. Double mank. Double mank. Double the hank. Double the pain. <laughs> e in this episode. What would there's mank a lot of be pank- like? There's a lot of manky panky. Hosting like a WWE. I don't know if WWE is the right term. WWE something. One of the wrestlings. Yeah, one of the wrestlings. What would sure. Mink be like? That would be really funny. You could have body slammed him now, but you didn't do that, did you? This was <laughs> almost a murder. Now it's just an attempted homicide. <laughs> the ref heard a very different story. So this episode is Behind Door 813, which is a good title. I like it. Season 31, episode 25, April 7th, 2023, hosted by Mink. We have to do a big suicide warning, trigger warning. You listen with caution. Yes, please. It's one of those episodes. Yes, it is. So it was Super Bowl Sunday, 2014, Seahawks, Broncos. So that's football. Don't let that deter you from this episode. It's still a good episode, despite them talking about football. Immediately. A lot of people like football, though. I know. A lot of people like the Super Bowl. Remember, you like the Super Bowl because of snacks. I do really like snacks. Friendship. Jonathan Cruz was supposed to hang out with friends, but he decided to stay home. He had just moved into a new apartment in Dallas, Texas. And that night, something terrible happened. And his Mm. girlfriend, Brenda Lazaro called 911 and she said Jonathan has shot himself and she's crying hysterically and they say where are you so we can come to help you and she says I don't know the apartment name or number I don't know anything and because he just moved in and they say go find a neighbor ask them where you are and so she does and so the police eventually arrive meanwhile Jonathan's very good looking suburban looking parents who I just thought they looked like very typical upper middle class parents. And the mom is beautiful. They should be in commercials. Oh, yeah. For screening for colon cancer and still being active in your 50s and 60s. They're on a bike. So it's like you can still be active even if you have high cholesterol. Just take this medication. Yogurt. Yeah, Activia, something like that. It could also be just a tennis shoe. Could be, you know, Asics. Totally. Adidas. She could be in an Asics commercial. Yeah, there you go. So they were watching the show that they record every Sunday. This is all we get. What is that show? Why do they make us have to think? And why do I think it's such a mystery that needs to be solved? My dad said, 90 day. And I said, I don't think so. There are 60 minutes, people. I'm going to go with Game of Thrones. What was the year? 2014. Does that seem right? Seems early, but you could be right. No, that seems right. Those children grew up a lot. So that seems right. She's she's looking it up. I am going to look. I got to look it up. Oh, here we go. Okay. April 17th, 2011 concluded May 19th, 2019. Great. Perfect. Straight in the middle. I feel like that probably would have been a good season too. Yeah. So as long as it's not the last season, it was a good season. So those are big words. What? It's just a big statement. I think it's a common statement. I think it's like saying, as long as it's not the last episode of Lost, then it was satisfying. 
I was trying to explain to Oliver the brilliance of the last episode of The Sopranos. Do you remember the last I'm, scene? I never watched that show, but I know what the last scene is. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm trying to think if people was, were mad. They were very mad. It was very controversial. Okay, then I'm going to be controversial and controversial. brave and say, I'm controversial. I think it was smart because you don't know what's about to happen. It leaves it up to the imagination, but it's also just like the slice of life ends. Mm-hmm. And I, I'm okay with it. Mm-hmm. So I just, I'm going to state that. That's surprising because you need things solved. Right. But for some reason for that, and maybe it's because I'm older, I feel like if I was watching it and I was 20, I would have a real serious issue with that ending. You're maturing. But maybe because I watched it later when I was older. I didn't watch it when it was on. I was like, okay, all right, we don't know. And then everybody makes up their own mind. New so. Katie. This is growth. Thank you. Although I spend a, an exorbitant amount of time on yellow jackets. I actually downloaded Reddit to my phone to try to figure out what's happening in yellow jackets. Yes. So By the way, that. join us on Sunday nights for yellow jackets on YouTube live. It's very fun. Yeah. So we think they're watching Game of Thrones and they get the call about their son and it's brutal. They're just really good parents and are devastated. Oh, yeah. So, meanwhile, police get to the apartment. They find Jonathan lying in the bed with a gunshot wound to his chest right away. Okay. No. Okay. No. And why were the police not like, no, no. So. Yeah. Mom thinks that right away, Brenda's wrong. There's no way he killed himself. There must have been an intruder. And she got confused. She came in and found him dead and made an assumption. And the mom says she was so upset she's taking Ambien to sleep, which means she's fighting pirates. Sleep purchased 10 military surplus sleeping bags, an autograph photo of Jonathan Brandis, and adopted oh a rhino at an African zoo. And if you think I just made those up, I didn't. That's actually what our Patreon Katie did on Ambien. I can never take that. She bought an autograph picture of Jonathan Brandis. R.I.P. still with us? No, he, he R.I.P. Oh, my gosh. Okay, um, wow. And then she said the last straw was waking up at 3 a.m. in her pajamas, barefoot, in the middle of her busy street in Los Angeles. And the next morning, she looked through her phone and realized she was out there taking photographs of license plates of parked cars. Wow. <laughs> what did wow. She, what conspiracy did she think was going down? So she was super paranoid about something. Something. There was a huge conspiracy on her street with the cars. They didn't belong there. I'm dying to know what her ambient brain thought was happening. Right. Who was after her exactly? Right. Pod people had taken over her street and parked their cars there. But their cars were maybe spaceships. That is wild. Yeah. So... Jonathan's friend, Emily, who it turns out is very important to the story. She she comes in like she's a random friend. She actually no. is super integral to the story. So she wakes up to a text from Jonathan that says, I want to die. And so she freaks out. Oh, and boy. then she hears the news. Now, we learn that Jonathan was a gun enthusiast and he had about six guns. He was also fun. He brought the party, which I am counting as life of the party. If you're doing bingo. I yeah, if you're bringing the, the party. Mm-hmm. He went to college. He worked at Dillard's. He was a very snappy dresser. I love that. He loved his ties, which will become important later. They will. 
there he met Emily and they went on one date, but they were too similar. It would be like dating themselves. It was one of those kind of things. So yeah. he set up Emily with his good friend, Jacob. So now Emily and Jacob are married and both best friends with Jonathan. You might need a chart for this, but it's important. And mm-hmm. Mank is so funny with Jacob and Emily, and they seem like a very delightful couple. They do. So Jonathan starts going to a martial arts studio in a strip mall. And I don't know why that was funny to me. It's always funny when things are in strip malls, especially churches. So he goes there. His whole family starts to take classes at this martial arts studio. And there they all meet Brenda, who is originally from Mexico. She was a teacher there. And she becomes best friends with Jonathan's sister, Danny. And again, you might need a chart. Jonathan's mom also liked Brenda and said, hey, Jonathan, she seems nice. Maybe you should date her. And Mm. so he asks Danny, his sister, what do you think? And Danny says, not what normal people are like. No, it's fine. She goes, no, I actually do mind if you date my friend. I have some rules. She said it was her best friend, though. She said it was her best friend. Best friend. And I was like, good for her for setting up boundaries. She says, here is my thing. And I thought it was going to be like she was going to tell Brenda, don't hurt my brother. But she says, don't let this ruin my relationship with Brenda. Again, boundaries. I thought it was great. Hilarious. So Mm -hmm. she's like, you can date Brenda, but don't, don't ruin my friendship with her. So Brenda and Jonathan get hot and heavy very fast. Brenda has some trust issues because of previous relationships and something else involving the cartel, which we will find out later. I love that they just say previous relationships, and then later on, it's a whole thing with the cartel. It's always the cartel. Yeah, it's always drugs. So Jonathan decides to move out of his parents' house. He gets a new job. He gets this new apartment. He's very happy with Brenda. So he had never mentioned suicide and seemed to be in the best place of his life. And he was very happy. And Mank says to the sister, he's like, let me ask you this. And it's going to be unpleasant. Mm. He prepares them. It's good. It's really good. good. He has such camaraderie with the people. Yeah. So he's like, did you miss something? Was he talking about it? Maybe. You don't know what was going on in his mind. And they're like, no, we, we don't think we missed anything. So the night of the shooting, Brenda tells police, we ate Chinese food from a delivery place. We had a serious talk about our relationship, which is not what I want to do when I'm eating Chinese food. Chinese food is like watched comfort TV, dumb TV. Unfortunately, I think this is an all too common. Occurrence. Chinese food equals takeout of any kind. It and equals, serious conversation because um, you're at home in the comfort, so you're not DTR to find the relationship talks. Sure, sure. Wow. Especially in a new apartment, right? He had just moved in. I lose my appetite during serious conversations. So they talk about the relationship. They said they loved each other, and then they sat quietly. <laughs> which also seems like a nightmare to me. No, that's not fun. No. no. He sat on the bed and said, baby, I love you, and I'm going to show you that I love you. And she's sitting on the floor by the edge of the bed. And he says, cover your ears. She says, no. And he says, cover your ears. Trust me. And then she hears the shot. Stop. This, so none this of is, this makes sense. No, this is after they had fought. They had yeah. already fought. And then made up, and then were quiet. No. 
This is no, ma'am. I'm going to prove how much I love you by holding a gun to my chest. No, none of this makes sense. No. So, and a, we're not fighting anymore. Right. So, why do I need to prove that I love you? So, in the police interrogation at the station, she Brenda cried for. 20 minutes solid before she could talk. She's very upset. And then she talks to them all morning, tells them what happened. And then she goes to stay with his family. His family takes her in, even though they kind of don't believe her story. And her mom takes Brenda's face. His mom takes Brenda's face in her hands and says, this isn't your fault. She just was concerned that Brenda would let this ruin her life, this moment. So she wanted to say this wasn't your fault. It's a very nice lady. It's so I think nice. they kind of believed her at this point. I think they didn't understand what had happened at this I point. I think they were just confused and in shock. Yeah. Right. So the police keep telling the dad, don't think it's a suicide. John. John, whatever you think happened, and we don't know, just don't, don't think he killed himself. They keep letting that slip. And the dad's like, what do you mean? And they're just like, just don't think that it's a suicide. So then we learn. The gun's magazine was found in a drawer. And so this is a kind of gun that can hold a bullet in the chamber without a magazine. Mm. So maybe he didn't know it was loaded and it was an accident. He didn't know there was a bullet in the chamber. Mm. So cut to the funeral. Friends, Jacob and Emily speak. It's very emotional, but someone is missing. Brenda. Apparently she had been texting Jonathan's sister, Danny, earlier, asking questions like, can I wear jeans? I mean, you can wear whatever you want, but... Yeah, I you mean, can. But also don't pants? bother the sister with it. Yeah, just wear black. I don't... What? doesn't matter what it is. We black did jeans? Yes. hear from some people with about our Crocs conversation. And oh, there's no. a meme of a lady wearing Crocs with a heel. Those like weird Crocs with a heel in black to like her husband's funeral. And the meme was like, my mom's wearing these to the funeral. I say, let her grieve however she wants to or something like that. And it was Crocs with a heel. Um, whatever, whatever. I just, these, it's a weird question. And, and I won't respond to it. I, I don't, I won't respond to it. So Brenda doesn't show up to the funeral at all. And the family had saved a seat for her in front. And so they are worried. They're they're not thinking this is so rude. They're more worried about her that she's going to do something. And, but th now they're pondering what happened and they start to think, you know, this couldn't have been an accident. He knew about guns. He knew about gun safety. He had learned when he was a child from his grandfather all about gun safety. He had formal training and had shot competitively. So this would be a really dumb mistake. I don't think he did. He did it accidentally. So they want to talk to Brenda. And Brenda tells Danny, the sister, she was too upset to come to the funeral. And now Danny's getting kind of annoyed. Like, why didn't you come? We were all there. You should have come. And yeah. Brenda tells Danny the real reason she didn't come to the funeral is because she didn't feel like the funeral service that they had discussed would focus enough on their relationship, hers and Jonathan's. And Mank dies. And he says, even though they've been together for like three months and he's been with your family his whole life, but she wanted the whole show to be about him. Yeah. So. Wow. That's crazy. And Mank is so good at like reading someone who's not even in the room. It's so good. Disgusting. 
Yeah. Why isn't it more about us? Why are why there isn't not, it more about the, me? The slideshow should be only photos of us. That sort of thing. Yeah. They've been together for three months. Disgusting. Yeah. So after Brenda and Jonathan had started dating, Danny, the sister, had noticed some strange things about her best friend, Brenda, that she had not noticed before. Brenda would text Jonathan obsessively. She would be mad that he wasn't spending all his time with her and was spending time, how dare he, with his sister. And Mm. Meg says, what, they're like three days old at this point. And she wants to dominate his time. So on a family trip to Europe... The family had to ask Jonathan to stop texting Brenda so much so he could spend time together. Oh, man. Which is one of the plots of National Lampoon's European Vacation. The daughter was like obsessed with her boyfriend the whole time. Is that Juliette Lewis? No, no. She was in uh, Christmas Vacation. Oh, okay. The children constantly changed. uh, Which is, I think, the way to do it and just never mention it. Do not mention that everyone's changing. No, I think it's that if unless it's drama, unless it's Walt in Lost, right. you're fine. <laughs> yeah. Which we're never going to get away from. Yeah. Also, had that point, had they only been dating a couple weeks when the family vacation happens and she's already like, yes, tell me what you're doing every second. Yes. She probably wanted to come on the European vacation. Wow. Holiday roll. Oh. So jealousy arrived like the new sheriff in town. There we go. Make that's a good one. I should add that to my list. I'll write it down. Brenda had established new rules for Jonathan. One time he wished a female friend happy birthday on Facebook. She flipped out. No. And made him delete all of his female friends on Facebook. No. And Mank says, ridiculous or reasonable? People ridiculous. can disagree about that. No one is disagreeing no about disagree. that, Mank. No, that's a red, that's a black flag of pirate skull flag, no. Not one person of Poisonous. our listeners, I guarantee you, thinks that that is reasonable. No. And if I there are, say, I want to discuss stuff with you. Because it's not you're having her block ex-girlfriends. No, just you're, friends. Just friends that happen to be a girl. Yeah. Wow. The one thing that none of us can disagree on is how incredible Bombas are. It is reasonable to accept how ridiculously good Bombas are. So it's both ridiculous and reasonable. They're incredible. They are also ridiculously comfortable. Mm -hmm. And you know what? Bombas is so comfortable that it makes you rethink getting active for those of us who are slightly inactive. Bombas makes being active more comfortable with socks that support your sport of choice. Mm. They make breathable t-shirts that keep you from overheating. And they make underwear that is made to move with you when you're doing activities. I just splurged on like three Bombas shirts because I had one that was in rotation. Yeah, I've worn and washed the shirts, the first one out of the laundry. It's still in perfect condition. There's Mm -hmm. no pilling or anything. So now I have like four of them. I still have my original Bombas socks, and not one of them has gotten a hole. It's unbelievable. Bombas performance socks are made with technically advanced features, like their proprietary Hextech, which incorporates mm-hmm. sweat-wicking yarns, supportive strategic zone cushioning, yes. which is incredible. If you have not had a sock with zone cushioning in it, get thee to Bombas right now, because it makes all the difference. They also have built-in ventilation to increase airflow. That's why Bombas are a gym bag staple. And their clothes, socks, and underwear are made to last, as we talked about. If they experience any wear and tear, Bombas will replace them for life. 
you can go head to toe Bombas in lightweight t-shirts designed to feel cool against your skin, underwear so airy and breathable, you're probably going to forget you have any on, and socks that make any workout more comfortable. Also, just daily living more comfortable. They have something for every activity you're involved with. Mm -hmm. Literally, they break it down by sport. They have tennis socks. They have running socks. They have gripper socks that help you stay balanced if you're doing Pilates or bar or one of those things. The gripper socks, I just wear around the house. I have the gripper socks on literally right now. I love them because I have slippy part of my Mm -hmm. house. And they're great because they feel like they're molded to my foot, but then my foot doesn't slip. It's amazing. Bombas has a 100% happiness guarantee, which means you're covered for life. You can reach out anytime to their happiness team for easy returns, exchanges, or replacements. Socks, underwear, and t-shirts are the number one, two, and three most requested item in homeless shelters. And that's why for every comfy item you purchase, Bombas also donates another comfy item to someone experiencing being unhoused. So what are you waiting for? Spring into action. Go to bombas.com slash date dateline and use code date dateline for 20% off your first purchase. Yeah, 20%. That's B-O-M-B-A-S dot com slash date dateline and use code date dateline at checkout. Bombas, 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 bombas. Bombas is just something really nice you can do for your feet and for your body. Yeah. Thank you, Bombas. Thank you, Bombas. Something else that is both reasonable and ridiculous is my stinky trash overflowing with food waste. We aren't taking care of the planet, people. The planet's not going to be ignored, Katie. (laughs) Much like Brenda. Yeah. Oh, boy. Lomi is a countertop electric composter that turns food scraps into dirt with the push of a button in under four hours. Something... Smells not right about Brenda's jealousy. True. But my trash doesn't smell at all. Love it. You see what I did there? Love it. This past week, I put in some old raspberries. They were like berries, Soggy. Just gross. Smushy. And a bagel that I wasn't eating because it was stale. Mm. And some tomatoes all in there. It sounds revolting. Mm -mm. It didn't smell at all. You snap that lid closed. It seals out all the smells. And so quiet. I can record and you don't even hear it. Wow. It is amazing. Then I open it up. I have dirt for the yard. And this way, all of the old rotting food isn't going to the landfills where it produces methane. Methane is a greenhouse gas that is contributing to global warming. Methane is the pits. I love little steps that collectively can make a difference, like cutting down on your food waste, you know, recycling your plastic, turning the water off when you're brushing your teeth, little things that you can do. So if you want to start making a positive environmental impact or just make cleanup after dinner that much easier, Lomi is perfect for you. Head to Lomi.com slash date dateline and use the promo code Date Dateline to get $50 off your Lomi. That's $50 off when you head to lomi.com slash date dateline and use promo code date dateline at checkout. Food waste is gross. Let Lomi save you a trip out to the garbage can. Chugga, 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 choo, choo. All aboard for Conservation Station. <laughs> I love it. Thank you, Lomi. Thank you, Lomi. So, The stuff with Brenda, if you thought it was tame before, it gets worse. Now that Jonathan has passed away, the family wants to change his Facebook page to a memorial page, which I think a lot of people do. I'm not on Facebook, but I think a lot of people do that. I think that's, yes. So 
they can't get into Facebook because Brenda has the password. His girlfriend of like three months. So Danny calls Brenda and says, can I have the password? We want to change it to a memorial page. Brenda says, well, here's the deal. I'll give you the password, but only if you promise you're not going to re-add any of his female friends back as friends. It was his wish, his dying wish, that none of his female friends are rejoined as made friends again. So that's the promise that you have to make. And Danny is like, we had to do it. She had us over a barrel. So his male friends, it's absolutely fine for them to leave messages like, I miss you so much. Yeah. Again, is he a ghost? Are they able to have a relationship that she's not part? Is it like with the pottery wheel in Ghost? And she thinks that's what's happening with these female friends. I don't remember Demi Moore being all that jealous in that movie. No. It's not about that. It's about her being the most important and the only woman in his life. Right. We've it's seen like, this before. There is what? no past. There is just me. If a female friend wrote a really moving message about mm -hmm. how they used to hang out, go to the movies together, and it was, and it got a few likes, then Brenda would be like, that story is now more important than my story with him. Right. So how, and she went to the movies with him? No. What movie? Right. <laughs> was it romantic? Did you sit right next to each other? Did you share popcorn? Did your tans touch? Yeah. Oh. So Jacob and Emily are his best friends, and they had met Brenda a couple times. First, they went on a double date, and Brenda was very quiet and did not talk the whole time. Cut to a few months later, the day of Jonathan's death. Jonathan has brunch with Emily and Jacob alone without Brenda, but he's getting texts from Brenda the whole time and seems very upset about them. And finally, he tells them, Brenda has a problem with you, specifically you, Emily, because last time when we had our double date, you hugged me at lunch. And so she's been holding on to that so for three months. When she's meeting these friends for the first time. Yeah. Emily hugs him and I believe also hugs Brenda. Probably. Like it's her yeah. greeting is a hug. Yeah. She's a hug person. Mm -hmm. And she's been holding on to that for three months. She's mad at you. And that's why she's texting me so much. She doesn't want me to be here having brunch with you guys. Again, not just with Emily, with Emily and her husband. With a couple. Jacob. Her soon-to-be husband, because he was just her boyfriend at that time. But still, her serious, yes. serious boyfriend. Yes. And he had set them up. And so Jonathan is trying to make excuses for her. And he says, well, she's been through trauma in Mexico. The cartel. Her uncle was murdered in front of her by the cartel. I knew it. And they had to flee Mexico. And that makes her jealous and not trusting in relationships, romantic relationships. I don't totally see the connection, but I guess it would traumatize you for sure. I understand that there is trauma there. And I do... But your trauma is now affecting everyone, including people who aren't even in your relationship. So you need to deal with that trauma. So then Brenda calls at the restaurant where he's having brunch with them, yells, and he says, oh, she wants to talk to you. Don't hand over the phone, Jonathan. What are you doing? But Jonathan hands over the phone to Emily. Brenda starts screaming at Emily. And screaming. says, you are a disrespectful little girl. You hugged my man. How no. dare you? And Emily was just in shock and doesn't even know what to say and goes to the bathroom and starts crying. 
and Jonathan just keeps apologizing for Brenda. Then wow. we find out that Jonathan was, had kind of had enough. So the day before he had died, the day before this brunch, he had told his sister he was thinking about he needed to do something to handle the Brenda situation. He could either stay with Brenda and hope the situation gets better, which it probably won't. He could break up with her. He had a bunch of options. And he think we think he finally landed on, I need to break up with her. And I think it was like, basically, do I break up with her now? Or do I wait and see if this gets better? Right. It, it was, when do I break up with her? But I'm probably going to break probably up Probably going to break up with her. And mm-hmm. he apologized to his sister for damaging Danny's relationship with Brenda. Because that was the one thing he had promised her it would not do. But Danny should not be friends with this woman anyways. You're doing him her a favor. Because everyone should stay away from Brenda. Apparently she wasn't jealous in friendships. But this is a really ugly side to see. You wouldn't want to be friends with them anymore. Or Probably at least I not. wouldn't. I would not. If I if I was seeing something that I thought was really, really unreasonable, the yeah. Facebook thing. I mean, the minute I heard about the Facebook thing, I would probably call my friend yeah. and say, what are you doing? Yeah. yeah. This is ridiculous. Do you not trust my brother? I'd be irritated. It seemed like she was even jealous of Danny because she would call and text him. Why are you out with your sister? Why aren't you spending time with me? Yeah, she seems to have a problem with sister-in-laws. And I'm wondering if that has something to do with family stuff. I don't know. But it, this is a a theme that replays yes. a few times. Yes. Hmm. So the day at the brunch, which was the day he died, Jonathan oh. told Emily and Jacob, I'm done. This is unacceptable. I'm going to pack up her things. And because she had some things at her at his apartment, and I'm done. So they drive him back to his apartment, and they pull up, and he says, oh, my gosh, Brenda's car is here. Oh, my gosh. And Jacob says, Emily, don't start something. Don't talk to her. This could escalate. And and Emily's like, are you kidding? She's a black belt. I'm terrified of her. I'm not starting anything with her in person. She just screamed at me on the phone. So they think he went in and he tried to break up with her, and they think Brenda is the one who shot him, and then sent that text message saying, I want to die to Emily after he was already dead. He had told Emily and Jacob, please don't tell my parents about all this drama with Brenda because they have enough going on. And so they wait until after he's dead and they go to the parents and they say, listen, he sent me this text saying I want to die, but we don't think that was from him. And they say, yeah, we don't think that was from him. And they say he was thinking of breaking up with Brenda. She was crazy jealous, but he was keeping all this from you because he didn't want to burden you with it. And they are shocked, the parents. They said, if we had known, we would have told him to run. We had no idea this was going on. And so Danny and the parents are like, wow, it was way worse than I thought it was. At the scene of the crime, Brenda told the cops, I don't like that girl, meaning Emily. So she's even telling the cops about this. She says, we were fighting about her. I told her on the phone she was acting flirty. No, you didn't. You screamed at her and she went to the bathroom and started crying. Then she said, Jonathan, stop taking my calls after this brunch. So I went to his apartment to find him. And then we were fine. We totally made up. We ate Chinese food. We talked about our relationship. She doesn't tell the cops anything about he want him wanting to break up with her. She says they were discussing her moving in. And he was, she was worried he was getting cold feet about her moving in. And then 
everything's fine, but then Jonathan makes the deadly mistake of mentioning Emily again. Probably just casually by accident. And she flipped out and they fought again. And that's when Jonathan said, I'm going to prove how much I love you. Cover your ears. I still don't understand how that action correlates to how much I love you. This is a where in her head does it correlate? I mean, I've seen on Dateline, let me prove how much I love you by killing this other woman. Correct. Like he would go and shoot Emily. Exactly. We've seen that before on Datelines. But this doesn't make any sense. It's very strange. So people, the police tell Emily, police know how much Brenda hates Emily. And so they tell Emily, you endanger girl. You need to be careful. Don't post your location ever. This chick, Brenda, hates you. You might die. And Emily's like, no, duh. I'm terrified of her. Wow. So then Mank is talking to us from a lab, and he's sitting behind a bunch of stethoscopes. It's very exciting. Science Mank. the right word? Microscopes. Microscopes. Stethoscopes are with the doctor with around their neck. So he shows us an autopsy report and he circles the manner of death part. It was like very Mm -hmm. interactive. I liked it. It had action. I loved it. So Jonathan's manner of death. Bombus makes a sock for that. What? I said Bombus makes a sock for that. (laughs) Active circling. (laughs) I like it. It's perfect. That is the most active I'm going to get with my Bombus socks. Hextech. I like it. I love the Hextech. Active circling. So if you are listening on Patreon without ads, we talked about Bombas having different kinds of activity levels. They have socks for walking, socks for dancing, socks for active circling. Mm -hmm. So he shows us this autopsy report. Jonathan's was undetermined manner of death. Okay. So then a new police team is assigned to the case, and they tell the family, give us about six weeks, we're going to have an arrest for you. They should not be making these promises. Because a year passes, and then they tell her, actually, remember that thing before, there's no arrest coming. They tell the parents this. Well, we can't really talk about why. Just That's what you want to hear is the parents. She's likely- After you were straight up told- We're going to have an arrest for you. Yeah, but now we're not, and we can't really talk about it. Sorry. I don't think they whispered. Did they whisper? If someone had whispered at me, I would have been said, speak up, son. This is not a time for whispering. I'm supposed to tell you. My Sarge is in the back. He won't like it if I tell you. Sarge is on my back. I messed up twice this week. Here's. I'm going to write a note for you on invisible ink, and you can go read it later. But don't tell my Sarge that I told you. So (laughs) they say... You know what? Brenda's going to do this kind of thing again. This is not a one-time thing. She's going to repeat this crime, and we'll get her next time. What in the world? Nonsense. Tomfoolery. Buffoonery. What? I'm buffaloed. What are you talking about? We'll get her next time, boys. And Mank says, so basically your son is like the free space in bingo. You get one kill. We're not going to investigate, but next time we'll get him. And the mom's like, how would this cop feel if the next time was his child like right we're just gonna wait for her to do it again okay that's a good how is this any kind of consolation he's saying it clearly like this more will die this this is more will die and then we will get justice 
Wow. And then they tell the parents, live your lives. <laughs> Which you know they said it in that condescending, just live your life. The and look I would have made <laughs> if someone had said that to me. I Wow. I wish, I feel like the mom would just stand up and give a monologue like, and that was the night, the lights went out when, in, in just Georgia. This big dramatic speech to the cop about how why she can't just live her life now without her son. And even Mank laughs and he's like, great advice. Wow, that's helpful. What's the movie where Drew Barrymore can set stuff on fire? Firestarter. Yeah, that something like that. Yeah, yeah. That, that I would be that mad that I would suddenly become pyrotechnic, Just, telepathic, yeah. all of the mm-hmm. things. Yeah, Pyrokinesis, that's what it's called. Pyrokinesis. Pyrokinesis. Yeah. yeah. So Brenda hires a lawyer and isn't Bombus talking. also makes a sock for that. The promise makes a sock for <laughs> Do you like to start fires? Are you pyrokinetic? <gasps> all Bombus of your has kinesi- a sock kinesiology needs. Hex tech pyrotech. Pyrotech technology. <laughs> All right, sorry. We're not making fun of Bombas. We love Bombas. And if that was a reality and people could do that, I feel like Bombas would make some 100%. sort of fire retardant sock for that. Totally. So, I yeah. bet they're working on it right now. I n- would not be surprised. Yeah. Through through the flames. And th- there goes Bombas. The socks are breathable, which is important yeah. if you are starting a fire because it's very hot. Yeah. And you don't want to get all sweaty when you're starting a fire. 100%. So Brenda hires a lawyer, isn't talking. Now, Jonathan's dad is a lawyer, and he calls a colleague friend father and son team. We love a father and son team lawyer. Oh, I sure do. I'm waiting for a mother-daughter team. I don't think we've had that yet. So they say, maybe we should hire a PI, and we should look into doing one of these civil cases to try to get some answers. So the PI that they hire is a Dateline repeater, Sheila Waisaki and her episode we have covered. Katie's making a face like she doesn't remember. I will say she looks completely different than she did. She's had a makeover. A glow up. A glow glow up. up. Mary Payne has met her and was like, oh my God, she looked completely different then. She's like a shapeshifter. That makes for a great PI. You can be totally glammed up in one scene and then you can just look like a normal mom in another scene i loved it it totally works i think it helps her i called it dolled up or dolled down yeah so she can maneuver whatever sort of situation yeah because you could see her like at a a high dealing poker table in vegas with a blazer or at a soccer game with a cardigan around her neck just talking to the moms about where they get their Adderall. Yep, it's perfect. Yeah. And so Mank remembers her because he did that episode. Did I say it's called The Middle of the Night, the episode? And I believe we did cover it. Because I remember Sheila, but I just couldn't believe it was the same person. We've done The Middle of the Night? I think so. I think we did it. I'm going to look it up. We just did it last year, July 20th, 2022. But it's an older episode. It's from season 20, and we're on season 31 right now. So it's a very old episode, but we just did it last year. So great. (laughs) Katie has a goldfish memory. So it leaves me more room for other and things. Exactly. And also you have a constant sense of newness and excitement. Sheila's new to me. (laughs) I'm happy to have her in her current state. Really fun. So 
Sheila investigates. She finds out Jonathan had never been treated for depression. He had been prescribed a medication for anxiety, but he only took it once and he never refilled it. So he was not on any medication for anxiety or or depression, which I'm sure happens sometimes. Um, Yeah. Well, he was prescribed Xanax, right? Yes, for anxiety. And Xanax is not something that builds up in your system. Am I right? It's you take it and it helps you right away. Yeah. So I'm wondering if it was something for I have heard of brides being prescribed that, etc. Yeah, or people take it when they fly. They might have a prescription just for when they fly. Right. So it could be something too that whatever he was happening when he was prescribed that they prescribed it right then and he took it and was like, it's not not doing anything or I don't like it. Yeah, it's not my thing. Or there are people who take it very regularly and need it. There you go. But I feel like it also wasn't something where it is like you're waiting for it to, you know, it takes two weeks to sort of build in your system. It wasn't one of those. They weren't treating a long term issue. It seems like they might have been treating something that was current and immediate. Mm -hmm. So that's the only reason I would say that. Because that means even more so. There's there's not a history here medically at all. And it shows depression. that he was willing to go to a doctor and get help if he was feeling something. You're right. But he wasn't at that time. Yep. Although if you are in deep depression, sometimes you just don't have the energy to go to the doctor or deal with it. So That is true, too. The family files a civil suit against Brenda. And P.I. Sheila is digging for stuff. And something in the reports catches her eye. She sees that the drawer that the magazine for the gun was found in was his drawer of perfectly rolled ties. Like rolled, so you could see each one and they're all shiny. Because Jonathan's a tie person the way Mank is a hanky person. And she Sheila thinks there's no way he who is so proud of his appearance is keeping this greasy magazine from the gun on top of his beloved fancy ties. She's absolutely right. Mank would never. Mankey's hankies are kept in a locked panic room with lasers like Mission Impossible. Nothing greasy is going in there. It's like you walk through a sanitizing station before you get into the hanky station. This is just what I imagine. Mank has said very clearly that he they're all tossed in one location and he just grabs them. <laughs> it's not as deliberate as we want it to be. Let's put it that way. Yeah, so I, I want would it like to, to be go very color-coded. We're going to say that that's what happens. I want a chart so he writes down each time he's worn one so he can have like a nice rotation and not wear two of them too close together. I want a donation box that once one is worn, it goes to the donation. Oh, yeah. That it's one that. time only. This yeah. is a one time only use, then it's donated to someone like else a red in need carpet of pocket dress. squares. You can't yeah. be seen wearing it twice. Absolutely not. Yeah. So we'll ask him about it next time he comes on the show. So Sheila decides, I'm going to talk to that Chinese food delivery person. And he has a great story. He says, I had to knock so many times because they couldn't hear me because they were screaming so loudly at each other. They were in the middle of a huge fight. He couldn't understand what they were saying, but they were shouting. So that doesn't go along with what Brenda's been saying. But it does if that happened after the second time he mentioned Emily. When did she say the second time he mentioned Emily? After dinner. All right. When he did baby, I love you. I'm going to promise you cover your ears. Get your story straight, Brenda. Yeah. So Sheila talks to the neighbor and this neighbor had talked, heard a gunshot right before 11 p.m. And the 911 dispatcher had told Brenda, I need to know what address you're at so we can come there. So 
knock on a neighbor's door. And the neighbor was the one who heard the gunshot. Brenda went and knocked on her door. So it should have been right after. It should have been just moments after. But she says between the gunshot and the knock on the door, it was 20 minutes or even as long as 45 minutes, which is a huge discrepancy. And I wish she would get her time straight. But she says that there was a huge gap in between the gunshot and when Brenda knocked on her door for the address. Sheila thinks Brenda was trying to stall so that Jonathan couldn't be saved by paramedics. So he would already be gone. And Sheila says she helped him pick out that apartment. She knew the address and it was right across the street from the martial arts studio. So she knew where it was. And You'd may at least be able to say it's across the street from Blurgity Blurg. Which you is on whatever street. Right. You'd be able to say it's in this area. Yeah. Even if you didn't know the exact address, yeah. you can give them. Also, the police do know where you are. Well, I don't this understand is this. 2014. So maybe they didn't have as good tracking. It, was she calling from her cell phone or a landline? No, 2014 is not that long ago. Absolutely. I think they had people had the, landlines the in tracking. 2014. Young people? No, probably not. Okay. Also, sorry. Do you remember when I accidentally called the police on our Patreon live stream? I do. (laughs) They were at my house. How fast? Yeah, very fast. And I did not give them an address. Yeah, very fast. You said everything's fine. Don't come. And they were like, no, we're coming. Oh, he came just to check. He thought I was. And he asked me questions at the door. Yeah. That were like, are you alone? Uh Uh-huh. Is everything all right? I need you to tell. Like, he was concerned. Say pineapple if things are going down. If you want to be part of some of these shenanigans join our <laughs> patreon live streams every month ten dollars a month thank you yes. so mank kind of argues with sheila that brenda might not have known the address because and i kind of agree they she had helped him pick that apartment but that means they had looked at several apartments so i know he had just moved in but you would i think he would know like the general vicinity but you might not remember what the name of the apartment complex was called and you might not know the address off the top of your head and maybe there wasn't any mail they asked was is there mail and he hadn't gotten any mail yet so there was no mail from like the previous tenant i get so much junk mail from previous tenants and i've lived in the same place for 10 years it seems like such a bigger stretch to go to the neighbor to ask for the address than to just look around really quick for some mail or to just click on your phone and be like I, I had to type in the address to come over, or did she right. just know how to get yeah, there? Yeah, did I, mean, I go on MapQuest been... or Waze or whatever, Google Maps to, <sighs> yeah, to get here? I just feel like that's the hardest way to go about that. There were so many other ways. So what was her reason for doing? I don't know what her reason was. Okay. All right. So stalling is what Sheila thinks. Stalling? Stalling. <laughs> Mank and Sheila discussed that men traditionally shoot themselves in the head, not in the chest. And Jonathan was very well trained with guns. And they had tested for GSR. And this is the big thing. Jonathan had GSR on his right hand. Brenda had GSR on both hands and the front of her sweatshirt. And she was supposedly sitting on the floor at the foot of the bed. So Sheila says you could maybe technically get GSR from that distance, maybe, mm-hmm. but it still should be looked at. I, but also, isn't this the kind of thing where if you touch the person right after, you are getting it on your body? If right? you maybe touched his hands, maybe both of or your the hands. Or the gun? Or the gun? Yeah, maybe. 
but she never said she touched the gun. Yeah, okay. So Sheila gets together a team of PIs and investigators, and they spend eight to 10 hours on Jonathan's bed, and Mm -hmm. they're studying the trajectory of the bullets. And they knew it was fired close range with his right hand in his left side of his stomach. So Mank shows us with a prop gun, demonstrating the weirdest way possible to hold a gun, like this most convoluted way that you would ever shoot yourself. It doesn't make any sense. Absolutely not. No. Can you think of any way that would happen like that? No. I can't even think if you were waving it around. No, you have to, he, you have you have to, to curve like twist your wrist your in. hand over to your left side and upside down. Oh, and, and upside down. No. Doesn't make sense. That makes no sense. So Sheila agrees that it's murder. Now, we meet the DA attorney, and he is walking down the street with too much stuff in his pants pockets. Did you notice? I didn't. Maybe he just doesn't like briefcases. Yeah, maybe. So I do that a lot when I, I don't like carrying my purse into stores. Yeah. So I will load up. Yeah. And inevitably, everything will drop. Yeah. Or my pants out. start it's- falling down. So he says it's a great circumstantial case. The only thing is that it was an undetermined manner of death, but he still thinks that he could win this circumstantial case. He just wants the investigators to do a little bit more digging and then come back to him with a case. And then he's all on board. But the investigators, the police department never brings a case to him. And then he eventually leaves the DA's office. So nothing happens with this case. Like he was ready to prosecute. The DA can't insist that the prosecutors bring this case. The DA doesn't have that power. I thought they would, but... Me too. He said he was just... What? Why aren't you guys doing it? You said you don't want to prosecute? Like, it just seemed very strange. He's very baffled by this. And Emily, meanwhile, is telling everyone she knows about this crazy story. She's going to get herself killed. Because Brenda is still out there. And she's telling everyone she knows, like waitresses... She's just hanging out at the gym and she's telling everybody about crazy Brenda. So she's telling this new coworker at her job about this crazy story and how Jonathan died. And the coworker says, can I see a photo of this girl? And Emily pulls one up on her phone and the girl's face goes white because the girl knows an ex of Brenda. She's friends with this guy who is Brenda's ex and she knows all about Brenda. Who's still alive. An ex that's alive. That made it. Yeah. So Emily tells the police, there's this girl. There's an ex. You need to talk to the ex. And they leave a card at his house and can't reach him. And then Mank says, Sheila was able to reach him. And so were we at Dateline. Was that shade? Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So his name is Matthew Kirk. Matthew Kirk. And Mank says he might be the most interesting man in Irving, Texas. Was that? <laughs> Shade. Shade. Maybe. Yes. He's very interesting. I found him fascinating. I He is, it, it's uh, the most awkward, strange interview. He makes a lot of jokes. I have a lot of questions. Yeah, he makes a lot of jokes very seriously. He, he's I just, don't think a lot of those are jokes. I, it's hard to tell. Mank finds him fascinating, though. Well, I think that he's saying the most interesting man in, like, the most interesting man in the world. Mm-hmm. He's doing the 
the what whatever is it Jose Cuervo? What's yeah. the commercials? Yeah, yeah. Well, because um, that he Matthew says. I have an insurance business. I paint. I do ballet and martial arts. And I lost 65 pounds since 2019. It's like his bio on a dating app or something. And that's how he introduces himself to Mank. Okay, so out of the gate, we don't see any of those items in his B-roll, right. which I was just waiting for. Right. I was like, ballet, okay, let's go. I wanted to see it. Yeah. The painting. No. One, a painting. One of your paintings. Yeah. Is that how Mank starts interviews? We need to ask Josh. If like, that's how normally he says, tell me a little bit about yourself. Yeah. And do people normally do that? And they just left it in this time? Is it right. a comfortability tactic that they normally use, but they're leaving it in for right. this guy? <laughs> that's I, possible. I need to know if he volunteered the information and yeah. that's not really what they meant. Yeah. Or I don't know. So he says he met Brenda in Kung Fu class. And he thought she was great and caring and sensitive and all this stuff. They start dating. They fall in love. And they saw each other every day. And then Matthew says, I'm a very fun person, so I don't blame her. Um, but he says it's so deadpan. I would love to say he's joking. But Matthew is very serious about Matthew. He is, but I think he's just joking. I think that's his deadpan thing. Can we get a poll? Yeah. Was Can we ask him? Were you joking? Were you joking, Matthew? That's rude to ask. I think it's I did funny, not take though. It I found joking. him very amusing. So... Brenda became very jealous of other women. His sister-in-law, she was very jealous Again, of. the he in-laws. Was, if he was in an elevator too long with a girl. Wow. Wow. That's next She's level. She's like climbing in the roof of the elevator to probably to pull him out. She's probably like, send me a picture of her. Yeah. Okay, face. Okay, mm -hmm. full body. Yeah. Okay, ask her to turn around. She's I'm, like I'm, Jasmine of Jasmine and Gino. From 90 Day Fiance. Yeah. Yeah, you're talking to the waitress when you're picking up your food. Turn the camera around. Let me see her. Tell Ooh, her you have a girlfriend. Are they still together? Yeah. Those crazy kids. Yeah. They're going to make it. So They're not. They're definitely not. <laughs> yeah, one of them is it's going to wind up on Dateline. So he yeah. says... I, he says, they're going to make it onto Dateline. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he says, I never cheated on her. I never gave her a reason to be jealous. I mean, I was a good looking guy back then. And Mank says, you're a good looking guy now. And Matthew says, actually, I was uglier then. I had hair back then and I was chubbier. He goes, I know. Well, no, actually, because he thinks about it. For yeah. A and says, I was uglier back then. I am having a very hard time reading Mank's face. Yeah. Who's kind of locked in this smile, which <laughs> makes me again fascinated. think he's not joking. <laughs> and, he, and he's talking about, no, I was way uglier back then. He's cuter now because back then he was hairy and he had hair. He had hair, but I think, so he's saying he looks better now without the hair. We don't need any of this information. I think he lost all of that hair from stress, which... Pros knows that you lose a lot of your hair from stress and dating Brenda is very, very stressful. And nobody knows how to help with that like the pros at pros. Most of you have probably heard me singing the praises of pros and their unbelievable custom made-to-order hair care. Switching to a custom hair routine from pros is one of the best things I've done for my hair. It might be the best thing that I've done for my hair because the results I'm seeing just keep getting better and better. Since starting pros, my hair has been shinier, it's softer, 
and it's stronger. I have started wearing my hair down, which I have not done in probably three years. Mm. And I can thank pros for that because I feel like my hair looks okay, which is not something that I would have said a few years ago. (laughs) Never. I think it looks great. And even better, my hair smells really good. When pros mixes your unique formulas, they allow you to choose the scent that you want. And right now I have this musky sandalwood scent. Every time I get a whiff of it, it smells really good. Also, I have the hair oil in my hair right now, and it's amazing. Pros knows that there is more to you than just your hair type. They have given over 1 million consultations with their in-depth hair quiz, which is how I got started. A lot of factors that affect your hair that you might not think do. They ask you your zip code, your eating habits, the damage level of your hair, if you exercise. By analyzing over 85 different personal factors, Pros handpicks clean, sustainably sourced ingredients to get you closer to your hair goals with every single wash and condition. My favorite feature is Pros' review and refine tool, which lets me tweak my formulas for any reason, such as changing up my address, which I really like to do, Mm -hmm. changing up my hair color, which I love to do, even changing up my diet. Yes, I'm trying to eat low cholesterol. It's a process. And so Pros goes where my hair goes. As a carbon neutral certified B Corp, Pros is an industry leader in clean and responsible beauty as well. All their ingredients are sustainably sourced, ethically gathered, and cruelty-free. They're also the first custom beauty brand to go carbon neutral. And if you're not 100% positive that Pros is the best hair care you've ever had, they will take the products back, no questions asked. So make a change like I made a change to a custom routine from Pros and check out their made-to-order hair care at pros.com slash date dateline. You can take your free in-depth hair consultation and get 15% off your first order. Amazing. That's P-R-O-S-E dot com slash date dateline for your free in-depth hair consultation and 15% off your first order. Strike a pros this spring with pros, 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 pros. Thank you, pros. Thank you, pros. So Matthew wants to visit his sister-in-law in the hospital after nope. she gave birth. Brenda freaks out and is so jealous that he wants to go see a woman who just pushed a baby out. Like she's not, it's not like she's in a beauty pageant at this time. And he just wants to go see her and his new niece. Mank says, sometimes it's not just love that's blind. Sometimes jealousy is too. So she's freaking out. She cries. She breaks a mirror. She cuts her wrists with the mirror and she locks herself in the bathroom. And Matthew, again, ever not emotional. Matthew says, well, I just left. I went to go meet my baby niece. Bye. He he is telling this story in the same tone that he's telling us that he has an insurance business, paints and does ballet. Yeah, she was bleeding in the bathroom. And I was like, I got to go meet my niece. Bye. I'm going. Yeah, see you later. So he tried to break up with her several times. And one time she grabbed scissors and said, I'm going to your mom's house to see your mom. So he finally realizes this is bad. He calls the police and they go and they take Brenda to the hospital. And Meg says, what do you think would have happened with your mom and Brenda? And he says... Well, my mom is is such a sweet person. I think she really would have calmed her down and it would have been fine. But also my mom has a second degree black belt. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) It's hilarious. 
Yeah, your mom would have handled her own. Yeah, but I kind of want to see the black belt. I know. I sort of want to see the Kill Bill fight, it was, but I do. I do think that mom would win. I, I do think that mom, mom could take Brenda. I haven't seen the mom, but yeah. I just I feel it in my bones. Yeah, yeah. So they eventually break up, and he doesn't talk to her for a while until the day after Jonathan dies. Brenda calls him and says, "I need a favor. I want you to kill me." And he says, "Uh, no." She's so unemotional. No, I'm not going to do that. What's going on? And then she says, can you get me a gun then? And he says, no. Why do you want a gun? And she says, well, my boyfriend took a gun and shot himself in the head. And that is not where he shot himself. So that's a very different story. So then because I feel like immediately if you say my boyfriend took a gun and shot himself in the chest, every single person you're talking to you ever tell that to says, no, he didn't. No, he didn't. Because that's not logical. Right. And a friend of mine has a case very similar to that. And it is, it's so similar to this, actually. It could be this case. Really? Really? And it's not solved. And if we want to get a team together, let's do it, guys. Um, Yeah. I'm on, can I I be on the team? Yeah, for sure. Okay, great. So in the years since Jonathan's death, Brenda was married, you in danger, with with two children. I said chids because I was trying to say children and kids at the same time. She has a lawyer who wears a plaid suit and says that Brenda is being tormented by Jonathan's family. We've met these people. They're not tormenting anyone. She's being sued. It is a wrongful death civil trial. It starts in just last year, in 2022. And she's surrounded by her new husband and his family. They all support her. Wait till they hear all this stuff. Just like the old family, just like yeah. Jonathan's family supporter, because she doesn't have any family here, mm-hmm. I'm guessing, right? They fled from Mexico. Not sure where they are. Maybe yeah. they finally realize she's crazy. So the burden yeah. of proof is easier in a civil case. It's not beyond a reasonable doubt. So it is a bit easier. The case is for $90 million, which she does not have that money. She never have that money. But they just want answers, and they want just some justice for their son. And obviously, they're hoping that there will be a criminal trial that will come after the civil trial. Oh, so yes. the father and son attorney show that the weird angle that Jonathan would have had to pull the trigger with, and this kind of gun needs a hard pull on the trigger. So n- it just doesn't wow. make sense. Also, Jonathan had a shoulder injury. He had seen a doctor for it. So they don't think he could have contorted his shoulder to shoot himself that way. Also, Brenda has GSR on her sweatshirt and her hands, and he had told multiple people that he was breaking up with her that day. Emily takes the stand to talk about how angry Brenda was. Brenda's ex, Matthew, takes the stand and says, I'm trying to forget that girl. She almost ruined my life. And then later he says nice things. So we'll get to that. So Brenda's story kept changing when she would tell different people. Sometimes she was in the room when he shot himself. Sometimes she was in the bathroom. Sometimes she was and she heard the shot. Sometimes she was in the doorway. Very strange. And she what? Why does her story keep changing? Why is she doing that? Because she's lying. Okay. Sheila says, if you're part of a traumatic event, the smell, the memory doesn't leave you. These crucial details. You don't tell different stories. Not that different. I mean, I do think that things do change in your mind. Over time. Yeah. But this is completely different locations that she's putting herself and different locations that he was shot. Yeah. No. 
Prosecutors think he went to bed. She took his phone and sent the I want to die text to Emily because Brenda hated Emily. And she was saying, if I can't have him, you can't have him. Emily didn't want him. She didn't want him. Emily's with Jacob. I think that if you were to, I don't know, allegedly, I feel like if you were to ask Brenda this day about Emily and Jonathan, she'd be like, they were having an emotional affair. Yeah. I feel like if she truly believed that. Yeah, she did. Because they were friends. Uh Uh-huh. And they hugged. So Sheila's team has an animation of what happened. And it's Brenda shooting him as he wakes up in bed. And that's how he got the gunshot residue on one of his hands, because it was like he was waking up and there was kind of a struggle. And so the jury can see this and picture what happened. Now, yeah. Why wouldn't she just shoot him in in the head? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. You don't have a theory on that? No. Okay. Maybe she was going to, and when he woke up, he tried to pull the gun down. He tried a jujitsu. Uh huh. And they were struggling, and it went off at his stomach. That's what I'm thinking. That his hand went up and went boom, and mm-hmm. she and she pulled the trigger. Yeah. Mm. So Brenda is hugging her husband during the trial, and he's like holding her very romantically. I'm glad she has someone supporting her, but her lawyer says, well, she didn't give different accounts of what happened. The listeners' memories were faulty. It's everyone's fault that was listening. They weren't good listeners. They weren't doing active listening. And she wasn't changing her story. So her family and friends take the stand to say nice things about her. Oh, her brother was there and he speaks well of her. And her friends say she's not jealous at all. She's not a jealous person. What in the world? Contrary to everything that we've seen, she wasn't a jealous person. Even Matthew, her ex, says, I'm not sure if she's capable of killing. She never tried to kill me. So I don't know if she could kill somebody else. You, he says, I've never seen her grab a gun or anything. She grabbed scissors and said she was going after your mother. I feel like he's trying to backpedal in case she doesn't get arrested. He's still not, he's safe and he's not going to get murdered. I think Matthew is being extremely literal. And (laughs) I think because she hasn't done this exact action, he can't see her doing it. Yeah. But she did grab a weapon. You're correct. She did grab the scissors. But I was thinking, as we were talking about the shooting, actually, maybe she didn't mean to shoot him. Maybe she was holding the gun there to demand something. Yeah. Because just like the scissors where it's it's a threatening action and then she pulls the trigger because he startled her or made a move towards her or something happened where it definitely was an accident, but it was her fault. And so she made up a story about mm-hmm. suicide. I'm wondering if this was not a purposeful, because I think if you were shooting to kill, you don't shoot in the stomach and then wait, right? It's very strange. Yeah. Do you think there's a possibility that she was doing it to show how upset she was and then and also maybe didn't know that there was a bullet in the chamber was the magazine in the gun and she was the one being like i'm going to show you how much i love you maybe by by holding this gun on you maybe she was going to hold it on herself and he will that's what i'm thinking i'm going to show you how much i love you and then she's going to kill herself which is why she made up that story because that's the only way that story makes sense but then she would have had to been right next to the bed. And he would have grabbed for her and then it went off. And then it would have gone off on accident. So I don't know if she would do that right next to the bed. That seems I like something she would... I kind of think it was just, I'm, get, I'm done. I'm breaking up with you. And she shot him. I don't think she would shoot him in the stomach. 
if that was the case. I think something happened. I think either one of those is possible. Yeah. I just don't think the only thing that I don't think is possible is him doing it himself. Absolutely. Yeah. So the defense says he had just moved apartments, so that shoulder injury wasn't that bad. Was he lifting furniture? Did he then hurt he it could the week have injured before? it even more. He'd also moved like two weeks before. Did he injure the shoulder? But did he injure it between or during the end of the move? Right. right. Did like, it happen that's... before? And then maybe it exasperated it during the move. Yeah. And he it aspartamed it. Aspartamed it. You said exasperated it. <laughs> what is, is that? Is, is that, that the right word? Exacerbate. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's it. So, words are fun. Uh, so the defense says he didn't have a shoulder injury. And he, when he was drunk in college, he had shot a gun recklessly. How old is he? He's in his 20s now. It's well, fine. I don't think I'm sure he did that night. So I'm, I'm also surprised he only did that once. once there's one exactly. story of that. If you're the most conscientious gun owner in the world, things can still happen. You can he's slip also, up and make a mistake. He's a gun enthusiast. Yeah. He was in a shooting club. He worked with guns. Yeah. Dick Cheney shot someone in the face by accident. That's right. It can happen to anybody. So if you're going to break up with someone, you don't order Chinese food and have her spend the night. That's the defense's theory. But That's you do if baloney. you're scared baloney. of her. That's 100% correct. You do if you're stalling and you're like, okay, this is, she's freaking out. This is not going to happen I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'll break up with tomorrow her tomorrow at a park. Yeah. Right. Public it's place. Correct. Now, the defense says Jonathan's iPhone would be locked and needed a code. And so she couldn't have sent that text. And Mink says everyone knows that he gave her the codes to everything because she was so jealous. 100%. And the lawyer says, well, there's no proof of that. Well, did they do a fingerprint test on his phone? Great question. So the lawyer says you can hear Jonathan moaning on the call. So he was yeah. alive. It does sound like. Oh, I heard it the first time we hear the 911 yeah, call. I, I didn't heard it until it was the like, second oh, time. But he's it alive. Like someone is moaning. Yeah. Yeah. And they say the timeline of the neighbor who said there was that big time gap is all confused because she was sleeping. So she kind of woke up at the gunshots, fell back asleep, woke up when the door knobs knocked. So she didn't know exactly what time it was. You know, like when you fall back asleep, you don't know how long you've been asleep. Yeah. I also just feel like this is the least important information is the time because. It doesn't matter because the trajectory of the bullet is so awkward. Right. It just doesn't matter. Brenda takes the fifth over and over 135 wow. times. And her lawyer says, well, I advised her to do that. That doesn't mean she's guilty. It would be legal malpractice not to tell her to do that. That was a mistake. So it, it does make you look guilty, though. It does. Uh, so the to, lawyer, a, to a lay person? To mm -hmm. you or me? Absolutely. Yeah. The lawyer says, why didn't the police ever charge her? Because there's nothing there. Or something else is going on with the police. They're blowing it here. He says, Jonathan didn't know there was a bullet, so he shot himself by accident. And But the, why would he even say, I'm going to prove to you I love you and pull the trigger? Why would he ever do that? Holding the gun in that weird position to his In the stomach. most awkward position yeah. imaginable. Yeah. So the jury in the civil case comes back with a verdict. They say she's responsible for his death. She's ordered to pay millions to the family, $206 million. She obviously doesn't have that, but the parents are just like, feel justified. They've gotten, someone has said, she did it. Your son didn't kill himself. She did it. Just, some sort of justice. Yeah. Mank speaks to the juror foreman who has one of those crazy 
goat beards that are so in. Mm-hmm. And he says it was the trajectory of the bullet. We could not get past that. It didn't make sense. We could have voted to lock her up if we were allowed to do that. Wow. And we didn't even understand why this was a civil case and not a criminal case. Like they were they were ready to go guilty life in prison and they only could do a money thing. But they and no one can understand why it's not in a criminal court. Right. The DA invites the parents to a meeting and says there isn't enough evidence. They don't agree with Sheila's animation. And part of the reason is when the police were at the scene, they took apart Jonathan's bed to try to find the bullet. And it could have rolled around when they were taking apart the bed. So they don't know that the bullet landed where they found it. But there's also like the entrance wound and the GSR and the other things. Also, was the was the gun pressed up against his body? They said close range. Okay. I don't know if it was pressed up, but it was close range. Because I feel like that makes a difference, too, because if your arm is if mm-hmm. it's possibly 10 inches, yeah. then you're holding the gun at an even more awkward mm-hmm. angle. So then right up against yeah. the flesh, which is easier to do, but still hard. And also upside down, folks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Police won't talk to Dateline, but Dateline got their records and they find out there are no photos of the gun near his body. So we don't know where the gun landed because one of the cops on the scene had moved the gun to the kitchen. Why would that's like 101? You don't touch the gun when somebody is saying it's a suicide. Yeah, I I hate this. It's happened multiple times Mm -hmm. that they are just like, oh, well, and then they don't treat the crime scene. Yeah, the same. It's really frustrating. Do you think it's the same cop that said, don't think this is a suicide to the parents? Yeah, same cop that moved the gun. Yeah. Well, I think the first responders were just doing whatever they didn't know. And then But and one of them says, I was talking to her trying to get her to trip up on her story, but her story makes sense. But the head detectives that looked at the scene were like, this wasn't a suicide. Something was strange. But by that time, mistakes had already been made by the first cops on the scene. What part of the story when you're asking her questions makes sense? Right. I don't understand that She's not changing her story on the scene, at least. Okay. But she does in the days after to different people. So they waited six months to test the gun for fingerprints. It had already been tested for DNA, and that test could have wiped the fingerprints. So it's really too late to test for fingerprints. There's unknown DNA on the gun, and they had taken Brenda's DNA to test it, but it turned out to be Jonathan's blood off her hands and not her DNA. But why can't they test her DNA now? Thank you. And test it. Why can't they just, uh, it's an open investigation, right? Yep, so they get have the unknown swap. DNA. Her DNA is not changing over time. So test her DNA. Had they asked her in the interview, have you ever handled the gun? Right. What are they doing? I, well, don't, I don't understand. Know. And the former prosecutor that wanted to press charges thinks the police could have done more. He was totally willing to do the case. I feel like you definitely have enough. We've seen cases. Is this one of those counties that has had some wrongful convictions or something where they're just not prosecuting unless right. basically they have a confession and a right. video and a whatever because this is really frustrating. It I is. don't hear any this is all information that the police gave to Dateline, right? Mm, no, they didn't talk to Dateline, but Dateline oh. got the records. So they have no good reason to not prosecute. They just say there's not enough hearing. evidence. Okay. 
Yeah. That's it. Cool story, bro. So her lawyer says, well, she's not charged. So that means she's innocent, which makes no sense because sometimes innocent people are charged. Sometimes guilty people are not charged. The system is finky and it doesn't mean anything. I don't I don't think that proves what you think it proves. So the family remembers Jonathan and he was something else, they say. He was, you know, the joy of living every day. He sounds like so much fun. This is a shame. It's all it's a shame. It's always a shame, but this is awful. Yeah. This is no what? consequences for her uh-huh. besides the the billions of dollars, but how does she By the way, double she, they sued for ninety million. Yeah. And they got two hundred and six. Yeah. So that tells you how guilty they thought she was. Yeah. How did does she just get her wages garnished forever? I don't know how, how that, works? that works. Does she ever? If she's not allowed to own property, or would they have to sell a house? I'm not sure how that works. Can someone let us know if I they've think been through? If something she has like a this? good lawyer, she can get out of a lot of that. I think she has to declare bankruptcy. Yeah. This can definitely make things difficult for you, but not difficult enough. If she did this, yeah. Who should not be in prison are our supporters. Megan R. from Patreon and Liz R. from Supercast. Are your last names the same? Are your last names the same? Megan and Liz are great. They are fantastic and are the reason why our podcast keeps going. Thank you so much for your support. Megan and Liz being best friends. Megan and Liz, the friendship never ends. The podcast support never ends. Well, it probably will end, and that's okay. But we appreciate all that you've done so far. We yes, hope we you'll do. stay Thank with you. us. Thank you. That was very sad. Sorry, I didn't. I didn't want to pressure them that they have to keep supporting the podcast forever. We're the worst. I know. We're, we we're should promote worst. ourselves more and be like, the, if you don't stop promoting us, then guess what happens? The end of Sopranos. Don't stop believing. <laughs> Ladies, Megan, Liz. We could not do this without you. You the bestest. Be- are the bestest. You are the bestest. B-roll bonanza. Yeah. Football. Yeah. Jonathan had lucky charms in his house. Oh, I missed that. What was the scene where the family's trying to eat at the counter? Oh, I missed that one. It's near the beginning, but it's during sort of a sad portion. Mm-hmm. No one's eating. They've got food and they're sort of picking at it. Oh. And I was like, this is kind of sad B-roll. Yeah. They don't feel like a salad. No one, I mean, no one ever really feels like a salad, but no. definitely not now. Yeah. That's not, no, give them some danishes. And yeah. then <laughs> we do get to see Emily and Jacob respectively apart scrolling on their phones. Interesting. This is the modern trouble. age. Yeah. We get phone scrolling now. There's a scene with the dad and he's sitting in front of a water feature fountain mm-hmm. and there is a rubber ducky floating in the water behind him. Oh, it was the best. It was like a, maybe that's Jonathan, you know, like a sign. It was just it lightened up the very somber mood. Yeah. The parents are walking hand in hand, like very romantic. I know that was really sweet. Yeah. Um, but they sit outside with a pitcher of iced tea. It's cute. It's mom is sitting with a dog on a bench. Uh, Shih Tzu. Shih Tzu? Yeah, something like that. Okay. Photos of Jonathan with a corgi. I lost my mind. Give me that dog. Danny is throwing a ball to a dog. And then the ex, Matthew, he has a dog. Four dogs. Lots of dogs. I'm assuming that Danny took the corgi, if the corgi's still with us. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. 
That looked like a good dog. There's so many dogs, so much good B-roll. The parents are super romantic and in love. It's very sweet. Sheila on the computer. We get mm-hmm. the PI. On the, but we didn't get any like really other good. I think there's one where she's looking out the window. Yeah, but I, I don't know what I wanted. I Her am. knocking on doors or something. Yeah, the PIing. Do you have any brands unhappy or fashion police? Um, no, I don't, the only fashion police I had was Josh's bright yellow pocket square, which I thought was good. With green trim. Oh, it did? I couldn't see it on my phone. Yellow pocket square with green trim. And then I cool. liked the black jacket, pink shirt, and pink hanky. Always like the pink. He's so good in pink. Yeah, he looks great in pink. And it's then Emily is wearing giraffe print sweater, and mm-hmm. she's sitting in front of a giraffe statue in her house. When is that? She's on, When she's on her phone in a big <gasps> armchair. There's a giraffe statue behind her, and she's wearing giraffe print. It must be oh, her favorite animal. I love that. That's that's adorable. Also, Danny, the sister, she's walking down the sidewalk at one point. She has a really cute coat. Yeah. Might be new, mm. but it's a jazzy coat. Mm-hmm. I liked it. It was like sort of a military style. It was mm-hmm. cute with a belt. Yeah, I liked it. Do you have titles? They're really not good. Okay. Mine aren't great. You always say that. No, they're really not. I really wanted to do something with elevator, and I, I couldn't get there because that one got me that that he couldn't be in an elevator for a long period of time with a girl yeah how long is it how tall is this building that you're in the elevator for so long it's like a hundred stories wow okay but you know he talks to strangers in the elevator tells them how he lost all this weight tells them about his ballet how did he used to be hairy and now he's not hairy did he mean his hair or did he mean like now he shit he waxes his hair i think he means his his head because he's bald. It didn't feel like that. He said, I used to be hairy. Hmm. I was hairy. I thought he said I used to have hair. Have hair. I'm going to, okay. I really, by the way, the lack of the B-roll of the painting, the ballet, yeah. the martial arts. It was upsetting. Or the insurancing yeah. was upsetting. I wanted <laughs> one of them. But he had a dog. Yeah, that's true. That's, I guess, I mean, that does make up for it a little bit, but not completely. Yeah. I still feel like I needed more. Um, what about Cruz controls the narrative? Their okay. last name was Cruz. Mm-hmm. It's not good. What about... Or she was just trying to control things. What about truth from an odd angle? Mm-hmm. That's not very good. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about black belts, bright ties, accessories to the perfect murder? Mm. That's what I got. That was mm-hmm. my good one. Black belt, black heart. Black mm-hmm. lies instead of white lies. Black okay. lies. Doesn't make sense. Not so lucky charms. Okay. Doesn't, it's not good. I'm not going to be ignored, Jonathan, which is my go-to title mm-hmm. that doesn't count anymore. The truth is tied up in the tie drawer. Yes. Great. <laughs> I told you they were good. I'm writing them down anyway. <laughs> is, is that it? <laughs> Kara, tell me the truth. I don't know. There we go. (laughs) There we go. Kung fool for love. There we go. I love that. Did it. Perfect. Martial art of murder. Sorry, guys. Okay. What are people saying on Twitter? Do you have a couple tweets? Drummer the Dateline dog, who is Natalie Bannon's dog, says, Dateline Dateline is probably going to talk about that ambient. Yeah. (laughs) You know I have to. Yeah. Christina said the rubber ducky behind dad is all I needed to see. Oh, drummer 
said most interesting man in Irving, Texas was that shade. Yeah. Anna said magazine in with the ties. That would be like Josh putting a juicy steak in his hanky drawer. Not going to happen. Yeah. She said that the magazine was in with the ties. No, they found it. No. Like she put it back. That was your first mistake, mm-hmm. Brenda. Mm-hmm. Put it back where you got it. Because now you're just rude and making a mess in his house. This wasn't a very old case. I'm wondering if they're not going to prosecute. I got to say. It doesn't seem like they are. Maybe public pressure. I was going to say it's got a lot of attention right now. And yeah. I'm guaranteeing you that's why the family went to Dateline with it. Mm-hmm. It's not stupid. Mm-hmm. It's pretty smart Absolutely. to go ahead and do this because then you can get some eyes on it. Yeah. Because I think probably everyone's coming to about the same conclusion. Yeah. And she really did herself a disservice by not telling her story, either in trial or on Dateline. It probably would have helped her out a little bit. Mm-hmm. But instead, just this radio silence is really hard. And mm-hmm. it, if you do have a story to tell, it, this is going to, everyone's going to jump to the opposite conclusion here. Mm-hmm. The lawyer did a good job, but it, it was nothing that was as convincing as what the, the family's lawyers had. So. Yeah. So frustrating. Yeah. Follow us um, on social media, Date Dateline, and check out our YouTube channel, which is youtube.com slash at a date with K and K, or you can just search a date with K and K, which is probably easier. I would just go ahead and search a date with K and K, and we're doing a date with Yellow Jackets every Sunday night for a recap of the latest Yellow Jackets episode from Showtime. It's also the link in our bio on Twitter and Instagram. And if you wanted to ask Mink some questions about this episode and the Kristen Smart episode, please let us know. Yes. Maybe he'll come on the show and talk about them. Absolutely. That's all, folks. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Kimberly, for a great recap. Thank you. And be your own own well-organized tie drawer. Go organize something in your house in honor of Jonathan. I love that. I love that one well-organized drawer. Yeah. Oh, nothing makes me happier. And then yeah. you look and you can see. Yeah. Yeah. Do something good for you. Do that. Yeah. Do that. Also, be your own Bombas. Be your own Hextech. <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye. So if that food's getting cold, which is like a waste. You've just spent all this money. That would really bother me. Well, they, we see the receipt, and I was going to ask you about it later. Oh, interesting. I missed the receipt. It's twenty seven ninety eight For two people? Yeah. See, I feel like you and I could... That's my that's, that's thing one. alone. Yeah. I've seen our Chinese order, you and me. Now, but I don't the, know if we're ordering tax, too much. Delivery fees... I do Uber Eats, and I have the membership now, so I usually get like some sort of discount... But I'm but still I'm just talking dollars, right? Baseline from Chinese. I don't. I don't feel like that's Oliver and my bill at all, Mm-mm. and I know it's not yours and mine. Not so at all. I'm just. I guess you're getting two entrees. This is and, but though, they're 2014. Into, they're into sports though. They're sport people, so maybe they are doing just one entree each. No egg rolls. No extra. Soup. No soup. Yeah. Nothing. Still seems low. They did have a water bottle that said Ozark or Oz something like that, and I had to look it up. It's a brand of water. It looks kind of like Arrowhead. I'm guessing they were into healthier stuff, so maybe they just ordered two veggies. Steamed veggies. No meat. Yeah. White rice. Yeah.
they, I could, they didn't say on the order. It was just the total receipt. So I couldn't see what was on the order. But it did seem low. That's all I'm saying. Interesting. Yeah. I'm not sure. It ex- <laughs> it, the injury was exacerbated. Exacerbating it. Oh, my God. I would have said it fine, and then now it's in my head, and, and I I've can't done it. get it right. I've done it to you. I'm sorry. Exas. Please extrapolate. <laughs> Exacerbated. Exacerbated. Ex- whatever. Ah! Okay, I can't think of how you say it. I want it. a find and replace on that word for every time you say exacerbate. Exasperate. No, that's exasperate is what you said, and yeah. I think that you're thinking aspirate, which is when you cough up blood. I'm thinking of, oh, exacerbated. Is it exasperated or exacerbated? Exacerbate. Okay, so I'm saying exacerbate, which is when something becomes like worse. And exasperate is how I feel about this conversation. 